Welcome to the Life Well Done Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm a strength conditioning and mental performance coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things movement, mindset, and nutrition. I'm on a mission to help you break free of your mental prison and uncover your most powerful self so your best days are no longer a thing of the past. If you enjoy listening, please be sure to rate and review the podcast and share it with someone you think needs to hear it. You can connect with me on Instagram at lifewelldone. But yeah, dude, I think the whole COVID situation has been really remarkable in ways that, you know, things have to get worse before they get better in a lot of ways. And this is maybe the thing outside of so many different layers to it. But I mean, talking about, you know, people finding success in this, in these, in this last year, whereas at the same time, people are losing their success and having to rebuild or, you know, figure out how to, how to float a little bit. Um, and, and that part of it is scary. It's, it's a true paradox. It's the yin and the yang of this last year where people are finding that success and, um, others are falling apart. And that's the beauty of the world because it's not as much as we're putting on COVID that's, that's happening every day for everybody. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of people and at the same time, a lot of people are going like, I, I can say that in some weird ways, this has probably been one of the better years of my life because I faced a lot of new challenges that just wouldn't have ever been involved in my self growth is through the roof, you know? So again, it's it overall, is it positive? It's, it's a little bit of everything, dude. And I think that's really important for us all to take in and reflect on and say like, although there was some dev- there's a lot of devastation, there's a lot still going on. It's just what we're focused on right now because a lot of this stuff is going on no matter what. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel, I think a lot of people feel guilty that, you know, for, for saying like, I don't know, last year has been really positive for me. Like, no, you should celebrate that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We need to know that like, it's okay to still find progress and in success and all these things. So um, I'm happy to hear about it for you and your family, man. It, it, you know, it's in all of the negative stuff that we seemingly hear only, only about that. It is really good to hear about people, you know, f- finding new ways to support themselves their family or finding even positive growth that's amazing we should be celebrating the shit out of that and acknowledging the devastation that's gone on and and helping and you know coming together for those things to support and do all that stuff but um yeah dude that's awesome that's awesome we're finding innovating right we're finding ways to be innovative and, and that's a positive thing too but um so as we're recording here dennis dolan double d <laughs> hello How's it going? Uh, great, dude. Fellow, fellow <laughs> block one. Um, I'm running through the whole group of people, man. <laughs> um, for, I love first, it. first podcast of the new year, 2021. Um, I'm super pumped to have you here, dude. It's uh, I, with the day, When I met you, was at one of the symposiums. I don't remember what the barbecue place was down in Austin, but um, it was. Do you remember when it was like pouring rain out? And we're all yes. trying to find like Ubers to get like a yes. block away. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we, yeah, we went in and I'm from Kansas city, so we know barbecue and I was really excited to try all the different types of Texas barbecue because it's yeah. significantly different. Um, so we walked into that, to the one place that has the, you know, like the chimney, right. Yeah. Well, like stove pot, you know, it's coming yeah. out of the middle and I mean, it was, it smelled wonderful. The people were super kind, Yeah. but you know, I'm walking in and I'm asking, do you guys have burnt ends? And they look at me like, What's that? What is this? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, I just want the burnt candied pieces of all of your brisket right there. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Sliced it off, put it on the plate. Please just punch, man. That was yeah. Yeah, dude. super soaked. It was delicious. Yeah, dude. It was, uh, it was such a good time. That whole, that whole symposium. And 
um, that whole extravaganza. I, I, I can still smell my clothes after that meal because it the, the stove just stuck to you. Yep. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, it doesn't go away at all. No, but well, dude, I'm I'm super excited to have you here. We we have something exciting here to talk about. Um, but I want you to kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to where you're at, what you're doing, um, whatever you feel is necessary here, man. I love it. Let's 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 you take it away. Fantastic. My name is Dennis Dolan. Uh, I'm a fellow Block One coach. I am an athletic trainer at a high school in a suburb of Kansas City known as Olathe. It's on the southwest corner of it. Um, I am responsible for the sports medicine coverage for about 350 athletes at a 6A high school. So the 6A is as big as you can get. We have about almost 1,400 people. Uh, we're one of the smaller 6A schools because we're new. Um, I am responsible for all of their sports medicine coverage. So I go to the school every day about noon and I see rehab patients and we do evaluations during the day. And then after school, we have practice coverage, game coverage. Uh, and that's my job. I have incorporated helping with their strength and conditioning department just due to my background with power athlete. And it has worked just dividends upon dividends because now we have this seamless execution literally up and down a hallway from the training room to the weight room to the gym. So that has been my focus for the last, I'd say almost 10 years. Um, I am at a school that is about four years old right now. Uh, before that, I was at a school for about 15 years. And when the new school opened, brand new facility, brand new staff, brand new administration, uh, a fifth high school to this district, um, I looked at that as a massive opportunity for something new and to start something from the ground up with a new administration, a new staff, and a new me, you know, a new athletic trainer. Um, for the past four years, we've had great success. Um, my teams do very well, and I'm putting kids into the next level as, you know, as these awesome young athletes. And hopefully, we're sending out these human beings into the world that are men and women for others. So um, talking about the development of young athletes, uh, I love my job because I get to see them at a down point when they're injured, or I get to see them at the very beginning of their athletic journey when they come in as a freshman. Uh, my role on the strength and conditioning side of the house is, I think I got some really fancy word or fancy title, uh, director of new player development or new athlete development. Yes. <laughs> AKA I get all the freshmen and I take apart everything that they've done for the last, you know, couple of years and completely tear it all down and then yeah. rebuild from the beginning. So no, then when they're getting to be sophomores and into the bigger boy, you know, bigger, big boy, big girl sports, they have this foundation that they can now be coached in the weight room by their football coach, their baseball coach, their volleyball coach, who are all the other weight teachers. So that's awesome, dude. That's um, no wonder you love your job, dude. A little bit of medicine, a little bit of S and C. Um, uh -huh. I, I was just kind of writing some stuff on it. You, you mentioned the seamlessness of what it means to, go between like a sports med coverage and the strength conditioning. And, and that's something that in, in our, um, our occupation that we talk about a lot of how it needs to improve, um, yeah. you know, specifically at these, the high school, college and, and professional levels um, where you would see most of our occupation, but the ability to communicate and to be on the same page and understand like we can support in certain ways and they can support us in certain ways. And that um, 
the more we can learn from each other, the better off that circle, the, the strength of that circle becomes, right? And um, I just wrote down a communication for seamlessness, right? Like there, there's no, there's very little disorganization or opportunity to let, a, you know, a young athlete fall through the holes because you guys are all on the same page. And I think that's really awesome. Um, that, that's, there's no question. Just you giving that. It's like, okay, yeah, 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 dude, I understand why you love your job. It, it's exciting. Yes. You're not just doing the same thing over and over again. And um, there's a little bit of everything for you, but I, oh, yeah. you know, I think something we wanted to talk about is kind of hammer in on um, more of the male athletes at this point. Obviously we're talking about all athletes when it comes to training and all these things, but um, something that you just said about something new, you know, you're taking on this new position, an opportunity to grow essentially. And, um, I think in my, my time working with some of these young men in the high school level of not even just the young men, it's just clients in general, where we're so infatuated. How do we do this yesterday? Ah, I want to squat 500 pounds yesterday. And you're like, no, 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 no man. You want to get strong. It's going to take 10 years. And then add another 10 years because it's a challenge that just never stops. And, you know, there's, there's more to just the number and there's, there's a lot to why are we doing it? What's the carryover? What are we trying to accomplish? You know, asking why, but also what's it look like? And that's something that, you know, when we get into, you know, we start talking about power athlete and that's something we've all been taught to pride ourselves on. It's not that it's the right answer all the time. It's that we have a strong why, a foundation of why we're doing something. And it's pretty, I mean, very little to argue about a lot of it, but also it's an opportunity for beginners to learn to become advanced. And that's something I kind of, maybe we can start off there is just using your experience of taking on that challenge and what it means, what the carryover there is to some of these younger athletes, particularly your freshmen or even after post-injury. You know, we start getting out of a rehab thought or what it takes to go from rehab to being, at, you know, involved in your sport again at time, what it means to crawl, walk, run. Sometimes we have to go backwards to, you know, as you say, strip the freshman of everything they've learned and go, you're, you're blank slate. Let's learn again. It's good to do this. Empty your cup out is what we would say. But maybe you could talk about just what it means to both in your experience, but also what you see with these younger athletes and how they react to the stripping down of here's what you know, throw it out for a minute and let's kind of build you back up. Um, <clears throat> there's two sides to this coin because if I see them and my first experience with them is during the new player orientation at the beginning of the summer, you know, they're getting ready to be incoming freshmen. They're doing their preseason workout and conditioning for their fall sport. So this would be their first interaction with me and the laying bare of everybody's ego. And I want to, I, I want to say their insecurities yeah. is where we have to start. You know, I, I tell them these are our expectations. These are the equipment that we're going to be using. This is the experience that you're going to have. And we map it out for them to say, this is going to be difficult. It is a very long, slow, steady climb uphill. And you have to be able to embrace that aspect of it. You are not where you need to be. You are on the very first step of this road. And getting them to realize that they're starting over after they come out of junior high, they are the cock of the walk. 
you know, I'm going to high school. But then over that, you know, the first day they show up, they have to walk by all of the seniors, juniors, and sophomores to get to the other end of the field where we do everything. And they have to see what they are up against mm. immediately. Love so that. you see that happen. And then you see the kids that were star athletes in their high school or in their junior high, they kind of group together. And then you see other kids that were just kind of mediocre and they're just, they're there because they want to be a part of the program. Yeah. And then you have the other kids that are there that maybe are trying something new. Maybe they're switching sports. Maybe this is their new reinvention. I'm going to high school. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to be a football player. I'm going to yeah. be a soccer player something like that. So getting to that point where we are all now level, you know, taking the ego away from the other, you know, star athletes in eighth grade, giving that support and that confidence to those that don't have the experience or the background, and they need that in order to start their journey. Hmm. It's just kind of mitigating where they are on the ups and downs of everything, and then kind of just smashing them all together, saying, we're all here, okay? Um, the empty your cup analogy is beautiful in its simplicity. And I use it all the time with my kids. Anytime we start like a new section, when I come in and I talk about nutrition, that's the first thing I say, hey guys, just empty out your cup of everything you know about food. I'm not gonna give you this rigid guideline. I'm gonna give you a filter to look at food at. Okay, great. Uh, on the first day of new player development, it's empty out your cup, guys. That means that whatever you did before here, I, I appreciate what you've done but we're gonna start from scratch. And then when I get kids on the injury side, that's a whole new ball game. Maybe they've sprained an ankle before, maybe they haven't. Maybe they go ballistic when they have a little cut. I get all of these different aspects of kids <laughs> that you know, might not have ever been hurt before or what they think is hurt really isn't that bad. Right. At the other end of the spectrum, I have kids that had cancer. I have kids that don't have a kidney. I have all of these other aspects where Hey, that kid had cancer as a kid. He knows how to fight. Yeah, you know, he wow. knows what a long and grueling aspect that recovery can be. So I can push him a little bit further and we can have a little bit more honest of a conversation because he's had experience in that realm. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other kids, you're just teaching them what pain is, what discomfort is, what pain and movement and participation are all at the same time. Yeah. So it goes back to A, just being there for them and yeah. experiencing it with them, but also showing them that the injury is a gift and it's going to allow you to develop tools to handle not only this little problem, but every problem after. My one quote that I put on my whiteboard, the very first thing in my last training room and in this training room is a quote that I heard from a athletic trainer at Ball State years ago. And it is mentioned with like Stu McGill's book of the gift of injury, okay? Injury is a gift because it's giving you the opportunity to shape a young athlete through problem solving. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna give them the tools to solve problems better in the future. So you can see all the, all the layers of grief, you can see all the layers of how people combat and you know deal with issues. So, it's this, again, another blank slate to help these kids and give them a foundation. That's, that's uh, pretty powerful. That's, uh, I think that's what excites me about athletics more than anything. Like, you know, like we always see these feats of like strength of squatting heavy or cleaning or running the fastest mile and all those things. And like, 
that's those are wonderful things and that took a ton of of grueling attention and intention and training to get through uh but everything you just said we we're just working with their minds as much as we need to mold your body we have to mold your mind and part of molding means break break the you know the glass bowl but also say you've got all the pieces still we're just going to kind of maneuver them and then we're going to add in some more stuff to make it stronger and they have more capacity and be able to look from a different lens on maybe how you view something. And that could be, Hey, I was, I was star running back in junior high, but son, you're not playing varsity. You're not playing JV. You're playing freshman and you're not the star. You're actually sitting, sitting second string and that's okay. It's okay. And that's something that's a conversation I try to have with a lot of high school athletes. Like, you know, oh, I want to get, I want to get fast and strong. So well, those, those are pretty relative terms, right? <laughs> what I would like to say is, is that we have, if you're a freshman, we got four years for you to get noticed if that's your goal. I don't really give a shit if you get noticed today, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. If your goal is to get noticed, I just need you to get noticed and we're going to do it the quote unquote right way, which means we're just going to take our time. It doesn't mean we're going to waste time. It means we're going to put this in foundation so that way when you have an injury, because you're, a lot of you are playing contact sports. It's just the nature of the beast. When you have some kind of setback, you don't have to go all the way back down to ground zero, or we minimize that, that risk of having to do that. And we can have that safety net and get right back up and probably even further along from the get-go. And that's a really tough conversation to have, not because it's complicated, but because they don't want to hear it a lot of times. And that's you know, and, and I think that's the benefit of, you know, in your situation where you're saying, I took on something new growth, there's vulnerability in all of that. And the people that are willing to be vulnerable, specifically, the, you know, we're talking about these male athletes, which is even harder, I think, for the male to do that, to let that guard down. I am, that's a task in itself. And that's why it's so important to have that seamless communication across the staff. The message is all the same. They're not going to run from, you know, Coach Dolan over to someone else and go, can I do this one? I go, yeah, 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 just throw an extra 20 on there. You're like, no, man, you're not there yet. It's okay. And I think that's really what the challenge is about. I think all people have these, these limitations. I'm quoting that, um, uh -huh. these stories that, and these insecurities and the job that we do is, is a lot of times with these young athletes is to show them that's okay to not be the best in this moment that we're, we're if you want to be the best, we're going to have to figure this thing out and you're not always going to be there. And once you do get there, that's when the works really, you're going to really have to dig in because everybody's gunning for, you now. everybody wants to measure up to you. And that's, that's oftentimes what I see like, Oh, there's strongest person in the weight room. I said, let's put you in a different weight room. <laughs> now what are you going to do? Right? Yeah. Like, Oh, I can, I can squat 300 pounds. All right. Let's load a bar. Wait, up so more and let, me, let me squat with you. Yeah, so can everybody on my offensive line. Right, you know. So, so can all of my players, at the by the time they're seniors, there's three wheels on that rack, man. Yeah, and dude, and it's, it's so one what? of those things of like, then we have to start going, yeah, but how are you moving? Why are you the most injured one? Right. You can yeah, move all this way, but so it's really this endless rabbit hole, and it's a lot of times comes across as negative. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's about creating perspective and the lens that we're trying to allow ourselves and others to see through because you're going to have a setback and how do you respond to that? You know, and, and maybe you can kind of chat about that, like things that you see when, 
these young men particularly come into, you know, they have an injury. What is, what, what is most often the reaction of this, of, of the young male athlete at this point? Because I know how it was for me. I was just, I'm going to fight through it as long as I possibly can, whether that was good or bad. I don't know, you know, whatever. In one hand I say I was great. In the other hand, it was dangerous. Of course. You know, so how, what's the maneuver there for you? Well, I can ask you a couple of questions as well. Like your personality and your drive came from somewhere. You either incorporated it yourself due to a lack of, or it was passed on to you. So you're a high school athlete. You got hurt. What did mom and dad say? <laughs> well, my dad used to tell me when I got hurt. So I got carried off on a stretcher uh, <laughs> in ninth grade. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, my dad- Wait, now, is that because you needed the stretcher? Or is I couldn't, it just I couldn't because- move at the time. It was more okay. precautionary. Well, not, obviously, yes. I'm, I'm able-bodied. So right, um, right. it became but, precautionary. You know. But at the time, I was faced on the ice, couldn't move. Um, whether yep. that was scared ninth grader or that was real, I, don't, I have no idea. Um, or you're laying on ice and everything yeah. shuts down super quick when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, my mom's thing was my mom and dad were at the games and it wasn't always able to be that way. Um, and my mom and dad were on the ice. My mom leaned down and went, Brian, how are your teeth? So there's mom's perspective, <laughs> right? Like she's, she's worried, but like, yeah, <laughs> as long as you got that smile, you're good to go. Of and course. my dad's, my dad's whole thing was you either stop playing hockey, or you go play with the big boys. Stop, basically stop fucking around. Yep. You know, you're, you're wasting, you know, not that you're wasting time. My dad wanted me to be happy and he was happy that I was doing something I really loved, but it was one of those things of like, you're going to put all this energy and you're going to sacrifice so much for this thing. Go play with the big dogs. If you're going to do this in at 31, I wish I had listened to him. Yeah. Not, not that, you know, not that the I was calling, but as any athlete or any competitor, you want to play at the highest level. So um, my parents both wanted me to be successful. They mm -hmm. created opportunities for my sister and I to be successful but, you know, there was definitely that, I'm sure that thought of at what cost. And for me, it was just, this is what I love. I was running from insecurities. Um, for me, playing hockey, I love the sport, but it was about being inside of that uniform. I felt hidden from my body image. Okay. I, was, I was the fat kid. So to me, oh, it was okay. like, be, be the best at this. And mm -hmm. I can be protected by this uniform. And I was pretty good at hockey, at least the level mm -hmm. I was playing. And yeah. so I felt um, power in those, those things. So it was like, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a quote unquote powerful sport yeah. that is known for violence and, um, aggression. Not saying that those are bad. Those aren't bad things at all. No. Those are all definitely needed in life. Okay. Necessary. But I'm just saying it's it. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like you're not running cross country. You're <laughs> a hockey player, right? Okay. There's a huge difference in those two kids. They both suffer. Like they both know how to kind of push through things, hundred percent. but it's a completely different aspect of things. And you're a big kid. It'd be one thing if you went to go run cross country, right? <laughs> now you're the big kid on the ice. That gives you a little bit more room to develop a positive sense of what you're doing out there, right? Yeah. A big kid on the ice, you can play, you know, you can be the big defender, you can be the enforcer, you can do all of those things. But the big kid out on the cross country, you know, trail. That's the unicorn. Everyone's watching him to make sure that he, you know, that he doesn't fall down and that he does complete the race. Well, I'm not you know, stopping this for is a, all, Yeah, for these are all just very or something. Right. And these are all. I mean, those are terrible stereotypes to think about. But the realities. It's the reality of it. Yeah. If I if I was covering a cross country event and I saw a kid that was overweight or obese, he definitely would 
I'd have my eye on him as yeah. he's going around the course. Um, like I worked a triathlon and I saw this guy that was 300 plus pounds. The second he went into the water, we were all tracking him. Okay. And the second he got out of the water and got on his bike, we were tracking him. And then when he was running, there was a golf cart behind him. Like it, okay. We, um, we, that's the thing about like, and not to cut you off, but like, that's yeah. like the whole like body positive thing. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, no one's saying don't be proud of who you are. But like, yeah. we also know that at certain body fat percentages, mm-hmm. health becomes an issue. So yeah, you're, you're just fat and it's yeah, not supposed and- to be rude. It's like nope. your health, your health right. is an issue right now. You so are carrying same, extra weight. The same way you would watch a particular athlete in sports of like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really have to matter what sport. It's just that, yeah, usually 300 pound chubby people aren't, aren't running triathlons usually. Right. Or me playing high school football when I was a freshman. I was four foot eight and 85 pounds. Yeah, there's an anomaly. There's there. fifth graders bigger than that. Like, <laughs> I was a, I was like a little like bobblehead <laughs> just running around and every once in a while it'd go airborne. It was ridiculous. But guess what? The athletic trainer at the school sure as shit kept an eye on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, rightfully so. Of course. Yeah. Um, as when you're circling back, when we are looking at what we have to do for these kids, so much of it has to do with showing where they and it's a hard job to do it eloquently. And the parents, majority of the time, are not. And that is totally acceptable. I want every kid to come from a background of love, support, compassion, care, a, you know, I don't, I don't care the economic situation in your household. If it sucks, I'm sorry. How can we help you? Right. Yeah. If it's a, you know, I, I have a single mom that works three jobs or a single dad that works three jobs in order for his kids to go to school, live where they live, play sports. I get it. I totally understand. That is a stressor at home that will affect you here. 100%. Thank you for letting me know. But that has nothing to do with your abilities as an athlete. Right. Will I be up your ass knowing that you're going through so much crap at home? I don't know. How do you, how do you respond to me? Yeah. Yeah, how do you like respond you. to the other coaches? How do you respond to your, to your fellow teammates? So the first job is to take these kids and tell them flat out, you're not good at this. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you suck at something. Does that mean that you suck as an individual? No. This is a 10-minute conversation that we have with with the kids. You are going to hear derogatory or negative things coming at you. I need you to remove that emotional filter, and I need you to listen to what we're saying and apply it. Because if you get wrapped around the emotional axis, you're not hearing us. You're focusing on we're hurting you. So I always tell my kids, I will always apologize when I am wrong, but I will not apologize for being hard on you. I'm going to hold you to this standard. I'm going to hold you to this and be accountable for it. And regardless of everything else that's going on around you, we're still going to stick to this. Hopefully what we're doing here reverberates back out into the ways that you are dealing with things outside of here. Yeah. Hundred percent, dude. That's and that's what I was thinking about. I was I started laughing a little bit because it was like that lesson of removing the emotional filter. Man, I mean, we're both married 
can't, plenty of times where like you're, you, do get, it. you get an argument and you're like, even in the middle of the argument, you're like, shit, this is on me. This is totally on me right now. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I need to press pause and say, I'm sorry. I need a little bit of space. Go remove that emotional filter and come back up. Okay, here's the situation. And that's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of having leaders like yourself being able to um, attack these situations and, and mold the youth into young men and women going forward of saying like, you're going to hear truth more often than you're not. And if you're scared of truth, this world's not for you. And, and unfortunately, you know, it just as a whole right now, I think that we've created a society of non-truth seekers. Tell me what I want to hear. And that doesn't work. And that's why it's even more powerful for us to be in the positions we're in and say, I love you. But you suck at this thing. You can't squat. Yeah. Take the barbell off of your back and come over here with me. And it's funny because some of the athletes I've worked with, I, you know, I worked with them before they came in with the football team. They worked with the football team. And then they came out and they're like, I got injuries. I know. Them. You know, this is why I was working on with you with what I was working on you with. Because you're not ready yet. I'm not questioning your strength. I'm not questioning your abilities. What I'm telling you is that you suck at moving right now. And our goal is to make you a really great mover. And then everything else that we're doing with weights is to challenge the foundation of what we just set up. And that, as you said, kind of vibrates on out to the rest of your life. What happens when you have an essay you have to write and you got a B and you thought you should get an A? Well, what are you going to do? Your teacher goes, your grammar sucks. What are you going to tell you're wrong? I'm going to go ahead and trust the English teacher more than I'm going to trust the high school kid about mm -hmm. their grammar. I'm going to trust them more about their grammar than my grammar at 31, right? Okay, how can I make it better? How can I do this better? What did I do wrong? Show me, explain it, teach it. Okay, yes. let me go back. Can I, can I have a chance to make an A out of this thing? If I was a teacher and I had someone come to me like that, I'd be like, yeah, 100%. Take a week. Here's what I want you to work on. Redo it, and we'll talk about it. And I'll make you earn the A now. Yes. Same way we make you earn using a barbell. You mm -hmm. know, that's, that's a big thing with CrossFit. I want to snatch. You haven't earned the right to fucking snatch. Yeah. Like, stop. How about why? Why do you want to snatch? Let's have that conversation. Like, well, I saw that guy doing it. It looks super cool. Well, that's yeah, also been Evil training here for 15 years and he, he yeah. didn't do that for the first five. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Evil uh, Knievel looked really fucking cool until he crashed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> unless then, that's what you were there went. for. Mm. And then, unless that was what Ooh. you were there for was the crash. Then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, you, you <laughs> want on both sides. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so awesome how... Um, you know, in, in a lot of people just say, Oh, you, you know, you, you teach people to lift weights. You're like, it's just so much more than that. And people can never understand like, why are you so tired at the end of the day? <laughs> because I'm not teaching people to squat, <laughs> teaching people my perspective on why the squat matters to life mm -hmm. and trying to, in a way, convince them or to help them understand and comprehend why this transfers to skills outside of sport outside of the weight room, outside of what, whatever they're trying to do. And it goes over to the relationships, the way they show up for work, for their kids, for their, their wives themselves, all these things. Right. And so, um, that's the beauty of our profession of the strength conditioning, the athletic realm, athletic training. Um, you get to see everybody at so many different levels and some days are really great. And other days you're like, man, you do suck at this. <laughs> What, and but like that's what I always do it like I, I've I've grown in my confidence to look at my young athletes and like laugh at them and go like man you suck 
that's awesome. This is awesome. I hope you know what we're fucking working with right now because we got a lot of opportunity in front of us and that should excite the hell out of you. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I do cool. I do the exact same thing when they start to fail. <clears throat> you know, they they ride out a linear progression and and you know, I I have this talk all the time with my athletes. When it gets gross and it gets scary, what are you doing? And a lot of the times, you know, they're in the weight room. It's one coach. It's during school. It's during class. Their buddies are around. And instead of them failing, flat out failing, what they will do is they will cheat it. And they will either do shorter reps. They won't do all the reps. They'll stay at the same weight and never tell anybody. And then you're looking at, you're just afraid to fail in front of your friends. When you fail, I'm going to throw a fucking party. I am going to be so excited to see you stapled to the floor and then get you back up and say, yes. Now, now we are at a point where you physically know what it is like to not be capable. How are we going to make you more capable, both physically and mentally through this situation? But I have these kids that just shy away from it all the time. So when they come back and they're injured and then we retool everything, it's like, hey, on your notebook, you stayed at about 285 on your squat for like four weeks. What was going on there? Oh, well, it was, you know, it was really heavy. You know, I was, uh, uh, it just wasn't going up. It didn't feel right. (laughs) Okay. But you were told, go until you fail. Yeah. Okay. If you can't get the reps, fight like hell until you do. And then when it overcomes you and staples you down, we go from there and until those athletes see it and until those athletes are around enough people that are celebrating their failure they're not going to get it yeah the power of adversity man and it's it's cool because that whole circle is complete because whether the injury comes up or not you you obviously in your i know what you're referencing as far as linear progression just add the two and a halfs Uh oh i'm going to add the tens nope add the two and a halfs this is what progression looks like and on the other side of it is, well, I stay at 285 because it was hard. Add the two and a halfs because three reps at what, why we are doing this, it's important that we get three reps to that next weight instead of the five that you're getting right now at 285 because of the why, not because it's bad to get five at 285, uh-uh. but because of why we're trying to move forward. And that's, the, again, dude, there's just so much tie into that in, um, and even there's, there's conversations on both sides of that. Why are you scared to take that leap? Mm-hmm. Well, my friends are watching. Awesome. These are your teammates. They're your friends. They'll support you. And hell yeah, your teammates are going to rip on you. That's because they love you. And yes. every bad apple, will, will, we will find the bad apple and we will rewrite their story too. And that's the benefit of you having the leadership to step in and go, fuck it. I'm going to 90 today, baby. Let's roll. Yep. Yeah, I only got three reps and I need to have someone pick it up with me. Sweet, dude. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about steps forward. And then let's also come over here to little Johnny and say, why are you still at the same weight? What are you scared of? What, it's not okay for you to fail? Failure is a doorway to more power and success and education and opportunity for you. It's and until stuff. you fail, I have no idea where that tipping point is. Yeah. And, you know, like you hear it a lot. I don't care what you can do. I care what you can't do because those are the things I need to help you learn. So, 
you know, hey, let's all come together and celebrate your failure. Yeah, dude. A kid gets stapled to the bar. I want everybody in the weight room to start clapping and cheering and slapping his ass and slapping him on the back and, (laughs) you know, like totally riding his ass about it. But then we pick you back up and then you get the talk of, hey, let's talk about why you failed. Okay. Hey, film it. You know, like, hey, if you're filming a kid that's close and you get to show him where he crumples underneath that bar, yay, great. That's another huge, powerful experience yeah. because now you've got the blueprint of what we are attacking next, you know, yeah. what his limiting factors are. So when it's it's constant education of these kids and reminding them that this is happening right now and you can either be a part of it or you can crawl up your own ass and push it away and it's still going to be there when you unfuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And yeah. I, th- I think that's so cool because at the end of the day, what you're doing is teaching them to be aware. Mm-hmm. Why, why did you crumple? Well, your squat looks great. Let's talk about some other things. What'd you eat today? Oh, I didn't eat. Or I had pizza for breakfast and lunch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you sleep last night? Ah, I was up late doing a paper and I got three hours of sleep. Okay. What's your hydrate? You know, all these things. And now they can start to go, oh yeah. Mm-mm. No, the day when the Monday when I squatted this and I felt really good. And then I only added these five pounds and I felt really crappy this day was this and this day was that as far as my lifestyle factors. Do you have exam today? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, things we should know before we go in and we could manage that, right? So that you, this is not failure because you're not strong enough. This is failure because we didn't manage um, our lives, our lives properly. Mm -hmm. And now it's that awareness in man, people that are most aware, they're most dangerous because they're, they're looking, they're like, Oh yeah. They're, they're finding ways to maneuver the best way forward for themselves and usually that tracks some more but um i'm interested in kind of pulling this the whole thing together something new in the growth of you taking on this new challenge and then obviously everything we're wrapping on right now how do you lead um you know these young men and women these athletes in this in the way that you're living your life how do you show up for them to you know lead by the example and what's that look like in the high school um facility you know maybe it's training alongside them what does it look like for you yes well covid kind of throws the monkey wrench into everything and it's not an excuse but it definitely maps out a new layout so now the kids at the high school level at least in my district go half days okay a through l goes in the morning and every other day you have a different schedule so you've got block day a block day b one three five seven day a two, four, six, the next day. And it rotates every day, but you come every other day to school to do that, you know, with your schedule, but you're only there from eight to 11. And then there's an hour break for them to clean everything. And then the next group of people, you know, M through Z, they come in and they have, you know, the same block schedule. So you're only getting three classes a day. They extend that time period to be more like of a block so that at the end of the week, everybody has the right amount of hours in the classroom yeah. in order to be, you know, state, state regulated. That's hard because I, I, my work hours don't start until 11 to 12. Well, that's the entire first round of kids. So I have eliminated all of my athletes A through L. Mm. That's, that's not fair. Um, so in the past, I have tried to lead by example. I want to be in the weight room with them. I want to see them when they're working out in front of their football coach or in front of their team coach. I want to see how they work out in front of the other coach that's in there 
Okay. So the football coach has to go do something else. They're a football athlete. How do they work out in front of the basketball coach? How do they differ working out with me? Does the attitude of the room change when little Dennis walks in or I peek in the corner, you know, like this, you know, is it straighten up, fly, right? You've got eyes on you. Yeah. Um, also, if I'm working out and they see the work being done well, hopefully they're like, oh man, I should watch that. You know, I should, you know, it, even if they're not even cognizant of it, if they're constantly, you know, peeping me out of the corner of their eye, then they're interested or they're intrigued. Yeah. Okay. So those are both ways. Um, and then also how you, how you interact with the kid. Okay. Um, I wear two very distinct hats. I have to be a caregiver when they're injured and I have to be a whip when they are in the weight room. Okay. So it's a very weird, you know, kind of dichotomy here. On one hand, I need to show care, compassion, support, and give them all the tools to deal with their difficult situation. Over here, I have to purposely put them in difficult situations and show them that my tough love is just that. It's me getting on you and picking apart all of the things that you're doing wrong, not because I want to degrade you or pull you down, but it's to build you up. Kids have a hard time with that. Parents have a hard time with that because you treated my son this way, yada, 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 but you were so nice when it was you know, the athletic training side, or I get kids that never get hurt. So they never see the soft side of me. And it's like, man, Dennis is an intimidating little dick. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk to that dude. Like, I'm afraid to even talk to like bring questions to him. I'm like, yeah, guys, it's all an act. It's all an act. (laughs) I play two very distinct roles, man. What do you need from me? I got exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then finding the balance between that to where I am, not only telling them, hey guys, guess what? You're going to see very two different sides of me depending on where you see me. And how, like, just giving them the peek behind the curtain, how does that change how they're dealing with me? You know, how does that change as they progress through the system? A lot of freshmen have a really hard time with it. But by the time they get to sophomore year, if they have dealt with me in any capacity on the injury side, they're great. If they still haven't done it on the injury side, they've probably had people around them say, Hey man, he's going to be up your ass all the time. <laughs> Thank him for it because he's making you better. So yeah, or it's, man, he's so, he's so mean. It's like, no, he's passionate. There's a huge difference in that. Yeah, know? there definitely I mean, is. Just because I yell doesn't mean I'm mad. It means I'm passionate and probably need to be heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. And I mean, like that's, I am not shy to, and I try to, I try to let the, you know, the rope go as long as possible. Like, let's see if they'll self-correct. C, C, C. And then they don't. It's like, all right, everybody stop. Do you think this is going to get you to where you want to go? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? If you say yes right now, I'm going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you the answer. I just need you to tell me that you know the answer. Yes. And then, you know, oh, Coach Brian's a dick. No, I'm not. I'm telling you I've seen what it means to be successful. You know, I've, I've seen my levels of success. I've also seen people reach levels that I wanted to reach. And I just, you know, looking back, wasn't willing to do X, Y, and Z, or I said I was, and I didn't execute them. And so I'm here telling you from my experience of being connected to a bunch of different things, this is not going to be good enough. And why do you want to be good enough? 
We want to improve. That's what athletics is about. It's about learning and improving. And it's not to say don't be content with where you've gone, like where you've come from to where you are. It's like, okay, great. It's good to be where you are, but where are we going? This isn't the final destination, is it? Okay. If it is, that's okay. You need to let me know so I know the expectation. But most of you all told me you want to play another level higher. You want to do another 10 pounds here. Do you think that half-assing your warm-up is probably even part of that answer? No, we want consistency across the board. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, I can swing the big hammer, but I'll also hold the nail. You know, like, I'm happy to hold the nail, too. Let's do this. I want your growth. That's why I'm here. I'm f- I don't ever want to feel like I'm fighting more for you than you're fighting for you. But I'll do it if I have to. I will do it if I have to. Because I also know that we're humans. I also know that you're young men. And I know what life is about at that age, or any age, really, where you get derailed. I, it's like everything is so fragile, specifically now. Yeah, dude, I know. I, your girlfriend broke up with you. I know. First of all, I'm here to tell you, this ain't the thing to sweat about. But since you are sweating about it, let's jump in a pool for a second. We're all good. Okay, let's cool off. Not a huge deal. We don't need to squat today. You're out of your mind. Let's go for a walk. Let's do X, Y, and Z. Let's just move your body. Let's talk about what you're feeling, all these things. Boom. Next day, let's hammer that squat, baby. Let's do it. Right? And those are, those are, the important, those are what make you love working with the young athlete, uh, specifically the males, because it allows them to see an older male reach that level of, of emotion and say, dude, it's okay. It's okay. You're normal. You don't have to just cram that emotion, that feeling deep down and never see it again. You may never see it again, but it's definitely running your ass. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that thing is running strong, like a, a virus in the background of your computer. You don't even know uh-huh. what it's doing, but it's doing a lot of damage in there. And yes. that's, that's kind of what, it, I mean, transitioning that, how, how, what do you see again, particularly that young man, what do you see that derails them the most right now? I've, I've got some thoughts and maybe I don't want to leave the question too much, but like, what's that one thing that gets them off track? Ego. In, in yeah. What, what's, that's the question. What can, <laughs> what do you see that most often that feel, you feel like gets them off track? Ego background. Um, all of these kids come from different households. Uh, my high school in general, my school district in general, we have the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs. And I love the school that I work at because they have both of that. Um, There's other schools in our district that really aren't like they're every neighborhood around there is affluent or every neighborhood around there is government housing. So having these really diverse groups of kids that come in with all of these different backgrounds and all of these other struggles outside of athletics and school. Okay. If you can take uh, academics and athletics away from these kids, like struggle lists, see how populated that list is. Okay. Some of these kids are dealing with so much, you know, um, I have a broken home or I have a very unhealthy relationship with my parents. My parents have very unhealthy management, coping, stress, uh, all of these techniques that, that, that they are experiencing and they're relatively just passing it down to their kids because they are learning through osmosis. Dad gets super stressed and yells at us when he gets stressed out from work. Okay, that's how dad deals with stress, or that's just how dad is dealing with his immediate situation at the time. You know, finding all of these kids' backgrounds and what they kind of deal with, 
is the first key to kind of knocking down that ego. So I get the kids when they are freshmen and those freshman egos are literally just reshaping a middle school student into a high school student, the old, you know, uh, big fish in a small pond and showing them by that very first day, Hey, look at you. Now look at all of these monsters out here on the field already. If you think you can go there, by all means, try, you know, go ahead. We can either tell you ahead of time, you're not ready for this, or we can show you. Both of them take a level of humility. Some of them take it very easily. They just go ahead and take that medicine and they walk right down and they get their shit together and their minds right. Like, awesome. That's what I'm shooting for. There's a, there is an example of what I want directly in front of me 50 yards away. The other kids that see that and like, yeah, I played, I played against basketball with him in like seventh grade and he was in eighth grade. And now he's a sophomore. And yeah, I smoked that guy back then. And it's like, <laughs> he's also had a year of development since then. And you've had a year of middle school PE and middle school sports and maybe some club activity outside. Okay. Have fun. So, you know, showing them where they're actually at, giving them the reality check of what they're actually doing. Um, another aspect that we have to fight with is all of the people in their ears around them. Okay. Club sports are a big thing and all of our specialized sports. So basketball and baseball and volleyball and soccer. Okay. All big here. And the club coaches tell them one thing because they want to develop athletes that get to the next level because it looks for their program. And that means more people are paying more money to be a part of their jam. That's not my drive. I get paid regardless. I'm a contracted employee from the hospital through the school district, it makes no difference. If, yeah. if I see one kid or a thousand, it's, you know, the day ends in a Y, we're great. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> right. um, after that, though, it's they've got this guy talking, and then they've got their parents that are buying into that. And then they have the possibility of the recruitment tools that this certain individual has. So it's, a, it's filtering out a lot of the noise, and it's also filtering out a lot of the noise that they impose on themselves with. That, that's, yeah, that's what I was media. going to. So yep. my big, my big uh, kind of catchphrase for, from now on with these kids that I'm going to tell them day one is look up. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. Look up see the world around you and that's where your focus needs to be yeah right. because I mean, if it's God, down how many, here how many adults need to hear that right now i, <laughs> I know dude let i can look at my you know my staff in general i still have a coach in the weight room that's looking at his phone like i, I put I it do, away i even do it like last night we were sitting there and i'm like i'm watching hockey but i'm not actually watching hockey and i'm like <laughs> i like put my phone down i was like what the fuck am i doing man fuck. but it's it is one of those things of like, there's lead by example, but yeah, dude. And that, that's part of, and not to cut you off of that, but that was kind of leading into another thing of like, how much do, does the phone and social media change that? And you've been in this industry for, for a hot minute now. What's some of the biggest changes in these young men that you've noticed? The, um, so you've read the coddling of the American mind. I'm like halfway through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, no, you've already, you've already experienced the things that I'm going to talk about. The call out culture Mm -hmm. is big and 
there are all of these like Twitter accounts that are called barstool accounts. Yeah. Yeah. So they go in and it's not a specific kid. It's like a conglomerate of athletes from this school and every school has one of these. Mm -hmm. So they do nothing but just incessantly talk shit online and post videos of this kid's performance and post videos of this kid failing and posting this and saying, you know, and it's just a bunch of internet smack talk. But what it does is it allows these kids to become keyboard warriors instead of stomp a hole in your ass warriors. And that is huge. You know, I, I want to take these kids away from that saying, yes, it's all out there. Yes. They're all doing it. There is no benefit in that. And I would much rather you keep your mouth shut and go out and throttle them on the field of play and then walk off with your hand, with your head, head high, your mouth closed and nothing but a smile. Yeah. You know, that is how you fucking do it. Yeah. I think, um, I think that was, oh God, well, hard to tell what year we're in right now with sports because they're playing like random seasons right now. Um, when, when the Raptors and Kawhi won, I'm not even, I, I really don't follow basketball all that much. Um, college, I'll follow college basketball yeah, I, I the do, day I, I prefer, die. I prefer but. college to, to pro and pros I'll watch like, unless I'm betting on it, but um, like the finals, conference finals and finals. I'm like, all right, well, more of a level playing field, but mm-hmm. watching and learning more about Kawhi, obviously a faulted person who isn't, but um, just watching the way he carried himself, just do my business. And they, they, you know, they did reports on him where it was like, never talks, never talks back, just lets you do whatever you want to do. And just goes, you know, I'm going to hit my two free throws. I'm going to draw back, play great defense. I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to do it again. And that was like, it was like, man, that, that should be the, that, that alone should be the thing that's focused on right now so that these younger kids and people can see it. But um, yeah, man, the keyboard warrior stuff. Um, but there is something to be said about, yeah, dude, it's really hard. It's hard. It's easy to go with the masses. It's hard to do something difficult. That's, it's hard to do something that's already difficult, a challenge. It's even more difficult when the majority of people aren't doing it and not because they don't want to, but because they don't, they're scared of what it's going to take or what it's going to look like to do it. And, you know, I'm guilty of it with business and showing up online or, you know, mm-hmm. saying something when I feel like my values and principles have been attacked. And it's not about like ripping someone else apart. It's about saying, this is who I am. I respect myself enough to stand up and say who I am. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be this, you know, everything seems violent right now. It doesn't have to be this thing. It can just be like a, I'm respecting myself. I would appreciate if you respected me too. And in that situation, your best way of showing that is to show up for yourself I'm going to do the work. I'm going to get my sleep. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to be the best freaking athlete and student I possibly can be. And when it's all said and done, we'll take a look at what's really going on. We'll really figure out who put the work in and who showed up. Does it always work out in your favor? No, but you definitely are going to be better off because you did all of these quote unquote right steps. And, and that's awesome. They've got someone in you as leader of that. That's principle based um, that has that value of like, do the right thing. And it's not that your right thing and my right thing are exactly the same, but morally we're both like, we both want what's good for people, for myself and for people around me. And that's, that's all we can really ask for. You know, I don't, I don't know. We could both put red on the screen and say, is that red? So yeah. Well, what's it look like to you? Like, I, I, what do you mean? And it would be different. I don't know how you see that color, 
you don't know how I see it, color, but we both agree it's red. Great. Let's go do the work. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're one fight. Let's do it all together. And that to me is something that I've really tried to take the challenge on or trying to figure out a way to communicate to people. It doesn't have to be that, you know, men in particular, because we're like pretty quick to react, react, but every, everybody's right now like that. But these young men stuck in the phones. Um, and like you said, dude, the, the egos and the call out culture, it's dangerous. I find it to be very, very dangerous. And um, I think that's why you have old school people, you know, like John say, we just go sit on the field and settle it. Like, yep. That's what we wish we could do. But in the okay. meantime, the noise is so much louder than it ever has been because we're so connected. Yep. And the value of disconnecting and, and um, there's that awareness piece of what's important to you, what makes you feel good, um, understanding your strengths and your weaknesses and how do I want to improve on each and, um, man, and that a lot of that does come down to what are your values? I didn't ask what your parents' values are. I didn't ask you what your parents want you to do. I asked, what do you want to do? What really fills up, you know, Dennis's cup? What makes you excited? What, what do you want to, when you go home from school, if you had nothing to do, there's no option to go on the internet or anything like that. What would you find yourself doing? Ah, man, I really want to play basketball driveway. I want you to do that more often. Go do more of that. Uh, I really like reading. Go do more of that. I like to write. Go write then. Write. Get away from all this crap because it's going to make you a stronger version of you and you'll find out more about yourself. And that's something that at 31, I'm working on. You know, the phrase of, I always mess it up, but uh, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Yes. Right? Yeah. To me, that's one of the most powerful things. You're like, son of a bitch, dude. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what Dennis thinks of me, and I, I'm trying to show up as that. No, dude. Show up as who you want to be and let Dennis figure out the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's a really hard thing to teach. Um, it's a really hard thing to learn. And um, I think the world and, and these young men and, and women and these young athletes and the rest of your staff are very lucky to have someone that is based in that uh, humility of saying like, no, I don't always have the right answers. And when I don't have the right answer and I think it is, I'll tell you, I'm sorry for being wrong and I'm learning too. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but also I don't operate out of malice, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a hard thing right now to really convey because everybody thinks that a different opinion is out of hate. Nah, dude, I, I actually want exactly the same goal you want. I just think we get there a little differently. Okay. Uh-huh great dude how do we find middle ground it's um i don't know man there's a lot to that i'm i'm grateful that we're doing we're we're having this ability to connect i'm i'm really encouraged that um in in a life right now where the noise tends to be very negative we have somebody like yourself and obviously you know our community is very tight knit and um a lot of people doing a lot of really positive things it's really encouraging to know that you are in in the, the you know, the, the biggest part of the storm, the strongest part of the storm, trying to mold young men and women to be the most resilient and courageous and um, strong humans they can be. And also under, understanding it's okay to feel shitty and down and to have these moments of adversity and challenge. Those are good. Those are opportunities for you to develop. And um, for that, dude, um, I'm really grateful and encouraged that we've shared this time and you are doing that. But um, 
I think in wrapping it up, dude, is there anything else you want to uh to kind of wrap on or um I think it's good to surround yourself with people that are gonna call you on your shit. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. at the university level, you know, they <clears throat> they do it with everybody in your department is different and they're all gonna make sure that you are not putting stuff out there that is just kind of what you want to do. Yeah. You know, I mean it's that's at least what it's supposed to do. Uh, a lot of staff at, you know, just the high school level, I can talk about mine very openly this way. You know, we have this athletics department and underneath the athletics department, you have all of these different subdivisions of different teams and all of these coaches play different roles in the building outside of athletics. Well, how does that affect athletics, right? You know, we have football coach, basketball coach, volleyball coach, baseball coach. They're all PE teachers. They all do weights classes. Okay. Uh, the rest of your coaches are going to see you in other aspects of the building. Please respect them the same way that you do in math that you might in the weight room. But at the same time, out of these four people, I need all four of these people to be able to talk to me and say, this isn't doing it, or could you please clarify, or I don't like how this is going down, or thank you. You know, I mean, hit both ends of the spectrum, but call them on what they're doing based on not only you, but the best aspects of the department, the best aspects for your team, and conglomerate, work together, mm. okay? The age-old basketball, football head coach butting heads all the time, it fucking can't happen because yeah. everybody bleeds into everything else. And once 100%. you limit one on one, you limit one on the other. Keeping an open mind into new ways of doing things as well um all all of my coaches are well into their 30s so they've had some they've had some time underneath their belt and you don't open up a brand new giant facility with first year coaches you get the ones that are on the beginning of their rise their their trajectory or you get the ones that have plateaued at the top and they're going to help the younger coaches but you don't just bring in all the crusty old farts because they've got 18 state championships yeah they're gone soon and it's a reflection of what their old program was not building something new. Right. Okay. Well, we've built this new program and now we have these little subgroups of soccer is its own thing and they do their own little thing over here. It's like it doesn't fall underneath the same umbrella. Well, how do we change that? How do we look mm -hmm. at that? How do we call out the soccer coach and say, Hey, come back here. And how do we say, what do we need to be doing to help you come toward us? Yeah. You know, what is the standoff? And instead of attacking the other as what they're doing wrong, just looking at what we can do together correctly to mm. fit both sides of this. And if you don't get your way, don't be a pouty little bitch about it. <laughs> okay, you know what? I hear no all the time, all right? If, you're, if you pout and bitch because you didn't get your way at work, what does your wife do to you at home? You know, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, man. I am sorry about that. But here you are loved and supported <laughs> yeah. and your bad idea is going to get called out. Like, and yeah. this is why you don't do that. So um, I can always, I, I have an easy test with people, you know, like I'll watch them. And then if there's something that I see that could be done better, I will very gently go over and talk to them about like, Hey, listen, this is what I'm noticing from a bird's eye view over here this needs to be adjusted or I'm going to see them for this. Yeah. Okay. So that's a very easy, Hey, guess what? That kid, that kid's knees cave and shoot forward when he's landing from his jumps. This is going to lead him to knee injuries. 
well, I'm sorry, this could possibly lead him to knee injuries in the future. And right now it's just bleeding out performance traits that you're trying to develop. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna give you both aspects. What they do next is my test for them, whether or not they're on the same team or we need to work more between the two of us versus working on your athlete. Yeah. Are you willing if to they drop are receptive? The ego? Yeah. Are you receptive? Are you going to ask me questions how this is going to happen? Why? What would this? In the past, I've had people that take offense to that, go to the athletic director, and then I have to sit in the athletic director's office, who's not necessarily my boss, but he's the person in charge of me in the building. Yeah. And we have to have this adult conversation of how I hurt so-and-so's feelings. And okay, so what is that going to entail? It's not going to be a change on their part. It's me. You know, now yeah. I'm having this talk and I am doing the self-reflection and I am doing the self-work. Yeah. When it could have been, just don't be a fucking pussy about it. All right? Just, <laughs> it's on my wall. I, I write DBAP in the corner of my wall so that no one sees it, but I know it's there. And in certain cases, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Don't take it personal. Don't be a pussy. Yeah. Okay. Don't let what I said trying to help you crumple you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, dude. And if I'm willing to approach this with you, okay, it is not me taking a dump on you, your program, your coaches, your athletes, nothing. It is me talking about that athlete that I don't want to see in my office. Yeah. Yeah, dude. There's, there's an ego that needs to be, that, that curtain needs to be dropped. And, mm -hmm. um, it, that, that is, that goes to all levels of life right now. Um, mm -hmm. we are very, very sensitive and we hear what we want to hear. You know, I didn't say that to you. What I said was, I don't want to see that kid in my office because of this. How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. I didn't say that you suck. I didn't say that you're worthless and you're doing a terrible job. I said, what I needed to say and you heard what you wanted to hear because you're insecure. It's okay. But like you said, shouldn't be you having the conversation with the athletic director. No. The athletic director having the conversation with the other coach at that point going, what's going on with you that you want to hear what you want to hear? You know, like, uh, you know what? I don't what even want it to go with? that far. <laughs> I don't even want it to go that far because I would much rather have that conversation with that person. Oh, hundred you know, like, percent. Yeah. I yeah. am not, I am the 100. <laughs> I am going you wronged me. I am going to you. Yeah. I am yeah. not going above your head. And I am not going to take it out sense. on your underlings, you know, all of that. So like, I don't want to have that conversation with my pseudo boss, with my higher ups. I don't want that. I want to work this out between you and I. And if you can't do that, what is the issue between us? Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. work on that. Let's throw everything else out the window. Sure. Oh, you don't like it when I interrupt your drills okay, I can easily do that. I have a fault in trying to fix things in real time because that's mm. what I do. But you didn't like getting called out in front of your athletes. That was it. That's an ego problem. Okay. If those athletes know who I am and you put value on me and my role, then that's never an issue. And the kids are appreciative. There's an extra set of eyes and that, oh, wow, he didn't even have to be here. He's yeah. in here because... He cares enough about us. They just don't really see it that way. It's huge, dude. It's communication. <clears throat> it's all communication. Yeah. And um, we've got to be willing to do more of it. And, and that doesn't mean just talk more. It means have difficult conversations and be thorough and be vulnerable and um, drop, drop the ego, drop the defensiveness mm -hmm. and just be open, open to 
wanting to learn and be better and to serve something. Yeah. You know, do you run into the problem trying to legitimize everything that you do? Do you have athletes that come in here and say, or that look like, Hey, who have you worked with in the past? Mm, yeah. You know, you go into um, a gym and you see a whole bunch of jerseys on the wall of kids where they're playing like, Oh wow, that's super cool. Congratulations for you guys. Yeah. But you also have people that are, you know, looking for that. Yeah. I train with him because he works with pro athletes. So I'm not going to listen to my high school strength and conditioning coach and my athletic trainer. Yeah, dude, I think that's a real thing. And, um, it used to really upset me and still from time to time it does. And mm -hmm. I've just gotten much better at saying, why am I upset? And at the same time, I've really tried to grow in my confidence that what I'm doing is what I believe to be the right, the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And those who want it will come and get it. And if you're not there yet, that's okay too. And that's kind of what I had to learn with. I just want to go lift weights with the rest of the team. I don't get big and strong and fast. I know you do. That's my goal too. But here's where you are and here's how we're going to get there. Now I'm going to go do this. Okay. Just know that I'm here when you need me. And a lot of them come back full circle and go, man, I got this thing going on. Okay. Here's why this happened. And I'm willing to tell you, we could have, I need you to know six months ago, we could have taken care of this and you could have been six months ahead. And now you are where you are. So what I'm trying to tell you right now is this is happening to me for a reason and I need you to understand it. I need buy-in. That's the only way it's going to work. And if you don't want to, that's okay too. You know, you don't have to stick with me. I, I'm here for you whenever you need it. If you need help, I'll help you the best I can. But also know, here's what I know to be the truth. This is going to take a minute. We have to do this slow crawl, walk, run process. And it's not to say that I'm questioning anything you've done in the past. What I'm saying is that nothing really good comes all that quickly and you need to invest. You need to, you know, bear the fruit of your labor. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to teach you. It's more than just lifting weights. This is about life at this point. And this is just one little aspect of it. It feels like your most important part of your life, but I'm telling you that's going to shift very, very quickly when you squat the wrong way and your leg blows out one way and you can't do anything anymore. Oh. Now we've got a different conversation. But that's, that's something I've had to really grow on myself as a coach, you know? So, um, did you have a hard time keeping away that thought of enjoying the, I told you so? Uh, because I think, yeah. like, seriously, that's a, that's a, that's a bitch, dude. Like having that thought come in and then that kid shows back up in your door and you're like, I fucking told you so. And that gives you that little sense of joy that is immediately going to come out in your interaction with that kid. Yeah. And um, they can take that the completely wrong way. Yeah. So being I, a little I, bit more like soft with that and more, you know, like comforting, like, I know she hurt you in the past. I got you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like the break after a breakup, you have to console them. I well, think, yeah, they kind of had a loss with what they were doing and now they're back to, Oh, I should have done this in the beginning. Just letting it fly out the window. Like, I don't give a shit you're here and that's all that I care about. And this is awesome. And never even bringing it up again. Yeah. It's, um, I love that you, you just said that. Yeah. It creeps up all the time, every single time it happens. And something we chatted about earlier is understanding your athletes who needs to be pushed a particular way and who, who wants to be coddled. And I think I, every time I tell them not for my, you know, to me, it's a step further. It's, it's okay to tell them that I was right. Mm -hmm. It's them to understand that, 
I want you to understand the moves you made because you weren't comfortable with what I was telling you. I'm not telling you I'm right for my good. I mean, I can go home and celebrate that. I don't, I'm not celebrate that in front of you. I'm not going to eat the pizza yep. in front of you. I'll do that when you're not around. Mm-hmm. But I also need you to learn the lesson of like, why did you not want to listen in the first place? Yes. You weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. Yeah, no, of course. I heard what you wanted. It's okay that you wanted that. And you could still want that. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity to teach like, I told you so. And here's where the problem was. You wanted yes. something to happen super quickly. And because somebody else was dangling the pizza right there right now, and I said, we're going to have pizza in four months, you didn't want the bite. You wanted it right now. And that's, mm-hmm. I want you to understand on your end what happened there. I'm not mad at you. I love you for it. I'm guilty in a lot of places in my life for it too. I'm not mm-hmm. here to gloat. I'm here to tell you a lesson that we all make mistakes. And you're going to make it numbers of times more. But if you're willing to buy in and do the work, we can start now because that's the next best time to start and we need to get to work. And that's it. You know, so yeah, hundred percent it t- comes up and I love it. Secretly yeah. I come home and I'm like, Oh, I oh, was yeah, that, you like you're going to toast it with your wife. Dude. Yeah. yeah. You totally feel validated. And it's, you know, there's no way you don't question when people go do something else. You're like, am I doing this wrong? So when it does come back around, not at the expense of somebody else, it's more about you're right in the stand your ground and say, it's okay. Go on, go on. I'll be here. Go on and come on back whenever you're ready. And I've, those interactions are what teach them, but also teach you. They validate you and you are more right than you are wrong and you're open to learning, but also know your best intention was set in there. And that's important to know. That's very important to know. Um, well, dude, we're over an hour here, dude. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this up. Where can people find you, brother? Um, uh, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Menace Dolan. So M-E-N-A-C-E-D-O-L-A-N. Good deal, if, man. I'll, I'll if people linked. don't understand that, that my name's Dennis, Dennis <laughs> and Dennis, it's like, yeah. mm, okay. Uh, mine's private because, like, honestly, 100% of my page is one of, like, two things. Cool shit and my kids. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, sorry, three. Wade's, Wade's Army. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what I use it for. I do not put my athletes on Instagram. I do not put my programming on Instagram. I do not put, you know, examples of kids doing shit on Instagram. Okay. If you want to see what I'm doing, I want you to come and see what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. If you want to talk about things and, you know, then develop that relationship and, you know, do things there, I'm totally okay with that as well. Um, If you need help with injuries, if you need help with ways to navigate between, you know, athletic trainers and strength and conditioning coaches or coaches in general, if you want, you know, a 20 year veterans eye view of it, then yeah, I'm, I am all for that. If you have issues with lifts, if you have issues with pain, if you have issues with injuries, motivation, all those things, if you just want a different perspective, I am a hundred percent out there for it. But being that I am not a part of the actual school district or the school in general, I'm an independent contractor that's a whole bunch of legal loops of taking pictures of kids, posting it on the internet, yeah. getting a waiver, doing all that stuff, because it's one thing if a coach does it, that's his team, that's his place of work. They have all signed up to be his athlete. I need a very specific like letter from the parents and all of this, you know, so I'm not going to do it that way. I will, you know, like share success stories or if I've got athletes that are doing good shit, I'll put that on there. Um, but yeah. You're not going to see, you're not going to see a whole bunch of Aletha West owls crushing (laughs) shit on mine. That is what the coaches and their Twitter feeds for their specific 
teams or their specific, you know, IG accounts for that. That's what that's for. If you want to, if you want to put that out there and just run it by me, let's see, let's see what you are putting out there. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's, that's fun as well. But Love yeah, it, dude. you can find me at Menace Dolan, ask to be my friend. I will totally creep on your, on your site and maybe. And decide maybe? then. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, if you're a thirst trap, please don't hit me up. I got a wife that yeah. checks all my shit. So no, we are great. Me, don't cause me more issues. <laughs> Do not cause me more stress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sweet dude. I love it. Um, the last question I ask everybody, man, um, when it's all said and done, what will it mean for you to live life well done? I have two young men in my household, John Patrick Dolan and Jack Keating Dolan. I want them both to be fantastic stewards of being a gentleman for others. I want my boys to be, to have the best experience that they can helping as many people as they can. Mm. When I, when all is said and done, I want people to look back and hopefully something that I did helped them. And then that helped them either later on, you know, as a person, individual, or maybe help someone else around them. Oh, you know, my old athletic trainer in high school used to say this. Awesome. Awesome. You know, like if drop a quote or drop a Dennisism or something like that, that's that right there is what lives on. You know, when I'm gone, my Instagram account's still going to be there, but no one's updating it and no one's signing in and doing all that. that. Hey, that's what I did. Who did I affect? Who do I know? Who do I love? Who loves me? And have I cultivated the love that I feel 10 times more in the people that are around me? Mm -hmm. I love that, dude. I love it. Well, uh, Dennis, dude, I hope that we're able to connect here real soon with a, a coach's collective. Um, oh, yes, or I know. something, dude. We all got to get together here soon. But um, I'm grateful for this time chatting with you. This is um, truly a pleasure, pleasure man. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged and, and grateful that you are fighting that good fight and leading uh, young men and women um, into just being good humans. And that's far and above what sports is about. Um, a lot of times we get lost in the sauce. And, and right now, it's, I think it's more important than ever that um, we're led by love and, and a bringing of togetherness um, rather than some kind of divisiveness. And I'm, I'm grateful that you are in the, in the trenches doing that fight and, and leading by example. So um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom and knowledge. And uh, hopefully we're able to connect again in, in human form um, real soon. To all those that are listening, thank you for putting yeah. this out there. Thank you for taking the time to be vulnerable. Thank you for taking the time to try to shape things in the way that you see fit. And thank you for being as open and honest as possible with everybody that you deal with. That is, those are traits and things that you need to be celebrated upon. And that's one thing that we fail at doing. 100%. Hey, I am so proud of you. The fact that I get to see your smiling face while I'm sitting in my bedroom and we can have okay. a conversation across the country and be open and honest and talk is such a gift. And I thank you so much for it. And I hope the people around you appreciate what you are doing as much as I do following it. You know, like, I'm not there. I'm not, I don't get to see you every day. I don't have that touch, but your touch in my life is personal and your touch in my life is positive. So I hope that everyone else around you is getting the exact same experience that I am. And like you said, life well done. I hope that that resonates between you and me and the people that are on my end. And it just kind of reverberates through all of our circles. Hey, 
Dunn's doing good shit. Dude. Love you, man. I needed to hear that, brother. Give me chills. Uh, thank Woo. you very much, man. Welcome. I love you. We're great. I'll be back, bro. All right, dude. I'll talk to you soon.